Welcome back, listeners. Well, well, well. It's been a minute, hasn't it? Welcome back. <laughs> Aaron and I were actually just talking right before we started on the fact that neither of us have follow-up. Not because we don't have any interesting ideas on the stuff we talked about last time, but because it's been so long since we've recorded yep. that we really haven't thought about anything yeah. from last time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. So this is a brand new episode. No follow-up. Clean cut from the rest well it's just gonna be all new content well i guess i did i did do my homework and i did i did listen to the episode before recording oh you did oh good not today i listened to it last week but all i could think the whole time was oh my gosh i'm so crazy (laughs) this is so strange to listen to this podcast right now so yeah i got nothing (laughs) (laughs) good on to the new podcast it will be reborn this day I will also give the fair warning that my daughter is now of kind of the toddler age. She should be asleep right now. But if you hear crying or screaming or anything in the background, I severely apologize. And I will try to edit that out and catch it if I can. <laughs> and stop if I notice it. I would, I would also like to say that my cat is also in the toddler stage. So if you hear <laughs> yowling or meowing in the background, that is also, I do apologize for that as well. <laughs> and and I feel bad because I'm getting to the point. I'm sure all parents get to this point where like you watch shows or anything, or just basically you go through your life and you just get used to a small child constantly just like screaming and hitting musical toys and noisemakers and stuff. So like my wife and I will be watching like a very serious show, you know, and it's a really intense scene, and then just like one of her toys will start singing and like we don't even <laughs> flinch about it anymore you know i don't even think about it like oh yeah there's just a you know a, a dog a singing dog toy going off during this intense like fight scene in a movie it's, but it's all good it's all good oh know? man that's crazy <laughs> I did, I, that's i'm sorry for your movie watching habits david this is very unfortunate <laughs> every everything has the captions on now yeah yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> always captions i feel bad because you, you just stop noticing you stop caring because you just know it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like, you have other people over or you're at someone else's house, et cetera. You just, like, forget how loud that actually can be and, like, how <laughs> annoying it can be if they have that stuff. So <laughs> try to be sensitive to it. But my siblings also have lots of kids and stuff. And so whenever we're over at my parents' house or whatever, like, it's just a madhouse anyway. So we've all just kind of become desensitized to loud sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a madhouse. Yeah, but that's not the best uh, podcasting practice. So again, I will try to be aware of any that... loud noises that appear in the background. <laughs> I agree. That would severely reduce my listening to our podcast if every time I listened, there was a screaming child. So <laughs> some... okay, some duly noted. <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> All right. Well, should we tell them about our adventures we had the past week? couple weeks i think we should i think i think it was a delightful imaginative time do you want to give the description of what happened yes that would actually be great um so to set the stage months ago months ago my wife was like okay i've got your father's day present figured out she loves giving gifts and she's like i've got your father's day present figured out okay you need to make yourself available at this time on this day for this amount of time. And we're uh, it's a super secret surprise. You know, it's the Father's Day secret surprise. 
and <laughs> I was excited, you know, because I, I love I love a good surprise. I love uh, we talked about this in movies. I love getting the information slowly and 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 milking the excitement and the the adventure and the exploration. That's why you love Rendezvous with Rama. Exactly, exactly. It's <laughs> just, you, you had me read it. <laughs> exactly. It's it. It's a wonderful feeling, and and my wife is exactly the opposite. She can't keep a secret to save her life. She just loves to loves to spoil surprises and give gifts early and all this fun stuff. And so she was doing this really nice thing by getting me a gift, which is really nice, and then giving this this mystery and excitement for the future well i didn't really think about it too much until the day before the day before i started to get that nervous feeling (laughs) because she had told me you know i've invited your friends david was coming Uh, the other david was coming there was some other people in my family that were invited and it was like a bunch of men going out and doing a man's activity you know (laughs) right and then the day before she mentions oh by the way there might be guns (laughs) and i it threw me for a loop because i had no idea what she could have planned (laughs) that involved uh, guns i i I was baffled (laughs) and afraid you thought you were going to like a shooting range or something. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. And and so the day arrives, I'm so anxious and nervous and all you know, my guts all tight and it's exciting. We're 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 getting in the car, we're heading over. And as we get she's like, "Oh, go to this certain town." And so we head towards this certain town and and we hop off the highway and as we get closer, you know, you can do that that thing where you like now that you're in a certain area, you can reduce the number of things it can be into a certain <laughs> yeah. set of things. So I'm I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be this or this or this. And then as we drive past the different turns we would have taken for the different places, it's none of the things I can think of. Right. <laughs> and I'm so confused as to where we're going. And we turn the corner and there's this big building with like this weird symbol on the side. And I was like, rec center? <laughs> I guess rec centers have shooting ranges that has guns. <laughs> that would be guns. That's kind of strange. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of hype. And then I keep going, but it was less expensive than a shooting range. Bullets are expensive. And, <laughs> and why would you go all the way to that town? That's far away from where you live. Yeah. To go to a rec center. That you could go to, <laughs> any town to go to. <laughs> right. Right. I was just, I was baffled. Well, we turned the corner and I couldn't read the letters because the font was so bad, but I finally understood where we were going. And where was it, Aaron? We were going to space camp. We were going to space camp <laughs> and I was psyched. It was amazing. Most most people would call that a space center, but yes. Oh, okay. Space yeah, camp. space center. <laughs> to the space center, the space camp. I don't know. I just see I never got to do it. This is like a thing that like I guess in our area, I don't know which areas of the country have one of these beautiful places, but but it's like a thing you do in elementary school where you go to the space center and you do you do space camp. You sometimes you stay for a, a couple of days and they have planetariums and videos and courses and things like that, mm-hmm. which you can learn all about space. But what's the 
the main component of a space center that most people are excited about. The main component is the simulators where you get to be a, a crew of a spaceship and fly a spaceship through space and and <laughs> meet aliens and and use laser blasters and and live my dream again Aaron never did this as a child and so you can see him reverting back to his like 11 year old self right you know and that's exactly how it was when we were there so can I get my side of the story up to this point please do please do so your wife uh Facebook messaged us you know a couple months ago like you said yeah same thing, you know, be ready for this day. We're going to do the Space Center with Aaron because he's never been. And <laughs> honestly, my first thought was, I didn't know the Space Center was still around. <laughs> I haven't done it since I was a kid, so I didn't know it was there. I didn't know you could actually book it. I thought it was only for, like, you know, field trips and stuff. So right, right. It was really cool. And I was kind of excited because I may have mentioned this before. I teach online, I teach an online school now. And I was trying to find something kind of like that experience to do with my online students, but I had I didn't I hadn't gone to something like that since I was like eleven, you know. So <laughs> I didn't remember a lot of the details. So I was kind of excited to relive my childhood, but also get a feel of how it works and see if I could do something with my students mm-hmm. of a similar vein. Obviously, doing it online would be very different and much more limited. But I couldn't just I just couldn't remember what it was like because it had been so long. I remember enjoying it and. Your 11-year-old memory is very uh, tainted yeah, <laughs> by, no, by your impressions of an 11-year-old, you know. But... Useless. Useless, I think, is the right word for your 11-year-old memory. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, I was excited, and I remember my wife asking, like, how are they going to keep it a surprise, like, once you pull up to the building? And I was like, I think at that point he's expected to know. So it did make me laugh that you didn't know right away what it was. <laughs> Because it was still yeah. kind of a surprise until you actually could read the sign. and Yeah, it blew my mind. Anyway, so then I pulled up. You were there before us, so I, I felt mm-hmm. kind of bad. It was your surprise party, and I guess you knew <laughs> we were all coming. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel like everyone everyone arrived after you, which was ironic. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to greet all the different parties. I thought we were like, man, everyone else was kind of late. We were like on time, and <laughs> yeah. everyone else was late. And I was like, man, the first time. <laughs> first time that i'm on time but we all made it and we got ready for the simulator yeah yeah you wanna again i've i've done it before so i feel like we should have your description and experience of how that all went well so we were introduced to our our commanding officer and he took us into the uh the boardroom to begin to begin mission prep and briefing as we as we were about to encounter a, a, a magical experience. We got our assignments. We got all our different roles. I was I was given two roles because we were short a man because somebody decided not to show up. And uh, <laughs> so I had to do two jobs and I was co- I was I was the pilot and the, the co-captain. And just to explain, his two jobs were on opposite sides of the room. <gasps> Which made it even better. So he's they... constantly back and forth between two computers. I have words, a lot of <laughs> words to say to the people who thought it was a good idea to put put the co the co pilot. What's the sub captain called? The first. The first officer. Thank you, thank you. The first officer. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to give the first officer two jobs, or 
the pilot two jobs. Because <laughs> both of those are pretty important. <laughs> and let's put them on opposite sides of the room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you, now you, you can't control it all from one space. Now you have to go to two different spaces. We got our suits. We got all geared up. I was given, I think I was, was I given a red shirt? I think I was given a red shirt, which is a little unnerving, but a vest, a red vest. <laughs> Can we give a little bit more detail about just all that's going on here? Yeah, please. So just for a visual of what this is, you go into a room that's maybe the size of a living room. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of computers there, but it has special software on it that allows you to be part of the space simulation. Right. And so before you go in, everyone gets assigned a job that's assigned to a specific computer that does a specific job. And so Aaron got assigned to these two different jobs on opposite sides of the room, (laughs) which was lots of fun, right? Um, It was tons of fun. (laughs) But again, again, at the same time, everyone's wearing these vests. The computers are built into the paneling, so it looks kind of like Star Trekky or Star Wars-like, you know, and mm-hmm, they got mm-hmm. blue and red lights coming down. It feels very much like you're in, like, a Disneyland waiting area or something, you know, that's yeah. very well-themed <laughs> yeah. and stuff. I was actually impressed with how well the theming was with everything. Yeah, yeah, I thought it looked really good. Especially for something that's, you know, publicly funded, I'm pretty sure, and, you know, yeah, made for elementary yeah. schools, you know, but they did a really good job. It it was really impressive. It's It's attached to an elementary school, and so... I'm sure those kids have a lot of fun with their uh, with their space center. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but but I, I'm sure there's a little bit of public funding going on, uh, which is good. Right. Anyway, so that's the setup. And I sorry I interrupted, but I just think of all the details for someone that hasn't seen this what it what it looks like and what it feels like. But just imagine six to eight computers, dimly lit room with neon type lights and yeah, everyone's yeah. got their vests and this your station what's your job what's your duty while you're in our space simulator yep 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 and it was uh you do training you, you run through the, the 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 software has a little training thing little training video that you have to watch and it's like it's like you know like 12 minutes long and uh we went through that and i was like the whole time i was thinking to myself man this is a lot of information for a 12 minute training video. <laughs> right. I'm going to go on an hour and a half adventure and I only had 12 minutes of training and <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> any of it. The software is pretty cool. It's pretty good. Like I, again, I'm remembering from like when I went in the nineties or not the nineties, mm-hmm. early two thousands, um, <laughs> but still back then, like think of the graphics that were present and the, the style of the software, yeah. like it wasn't that good looking, but like this software like looked like a, something you see in a movie you know like it looked really well made and had diagrams and like wireframe outlines of the spacecraft and stuff if you're the pilot and yeah you know, it looked it looked really good it was an incredible adventure we we got our captain i wasn't the captain thank goodness um my my brother-in-law had to he took the captain's chair to to redeem his his elementary youth experience when he was <laughs> that's right. a bad captain well that's not true he was a good captain but his crew were a bad crew because they were kids and kids aren't right. a good crew my crew was incredible because we were a bunch of adults <laughs> hanging out although we almost still lost so <laughs> we did i actually found out some very very interesting things about the back end of that whole system likewise which was really, I'm glad you also did too, which was really interesting, really fun. 
But should we tell them what the mission kind of was first before we dive into the details? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'm glad it was that memorable for you. <laughs> we were supposed to... Right, I remember. Don't worry, I remember. We were, we were just geeking out over the tech. We didn't actually pay attention to what our jobs were and what we were supposed to do to survive the simulator. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it's a brand new simulator. Come on. I, you, you go to a laser tag and you, you shoot the laser gun a couple times before you, you know, <laughs> you got to figure all that stuff out. But our mission was to take our spaceship and go with a convoy of other spaceships to a remote part of space and do one of the other spaceships was equipped with a weapon that we needed to test and then you know bug out and get home and that that was all good right and then (laughs) of course it wasn't all good uh one of the ships was attacked one of the escort ships was attacked and and we had to save them from losing life support before they <laughs> ran out of air. And yep. we did so with like five seconds remaining or something. Yeah, something crazy small of my brother <laughs> sitting over there hitting buttons and going, come on, come on. <laughs> and I'm sitting over there going, come on. And at the same time, I was the, I should have mentioned this. I was the person that did scanning, like seeing where asteroids okay. were and other ships. So. Yeah, a lot of the times when it was like really high intensity stuff, I was just like sitting there because like <laughs> you guys already know there's a ship next to you that you're trying to save. Right, right. So I felt really bad. I I couldn't do anything during the high intensity moments. And your poor dad, he was oh, in charge man. of all the repairs. He was yep. He was the engineer, and the engineering system was giving him grief. He was like, I can't understand it. It's supposed to do this, and it's supposed to do that. And it's not working. And, and, he, uh, and he said, like, everything had 11 steps there. You had to, like, mm-hmm. have me do something to have your yeah, your nephew do something to have, you know, him do something. Like, right, it right. seemed, like, super crazy. At the same time, I'm just sitting there like, nope, we're still clear. We're still clear. <laughs> Everything's good. Don't see anything. Don't see anything. Oh, you want me to build something? Oh, never mind. I, I guess we don't need to build anything. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, so we, we brought that ship back safely in yep. the nick of time. Yep. <laughs> they survived. Survived the crew, but the, the bad guys took off with the uh, the weapon. And so we had to go get the weapon back. We got sent. We almost crashed into the space station because apparently when you lock on to a coordinate to go somewhere, you lock on to the, <laughs> the thing that you're aiming at. So <laughs> The actual object. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, I almost hit a, a, a defense station at warp speed so that would have been interesting <laughs> the general or the captain whoever it was was a little toyota so. <laughs> he, he was he was very grumpy <laughs> but we didn't crash we didn't crash he told us to go get the weapons back or, or at least by any means necessary keep it out of the hands of the enemy and so we did just that i had to play i had to play um asteroids <laughs> yeah that was kind of to fun. get us through a minefield that was uh, <laughs> that one still looked like it was from the 90s but uh it did unfortunately it did little 2d screen with little asteroids little you know very pixelated <laughs> asteroid pictures that aaron had to drive us through oh man it was bad and then when i started to go when you have a a, a game when you play in space sometimes there's a stabilization system so that your craft doesn't keep going in the direction you spin it. Usually in space, you know, you, you decide, you I'm going to go this way. You'll keep going that way until you decide <laughs> you have to put thrust in the opposite direction to stop going that way. Well, that was happening. And it was making it very hard not to run into all the asteroids. Not to mention I almost crashed at the very beginning because 
I thought I was in the bottom right, but the <laughs> exit was in the right. bottom right, and the ship was in the top. So I'm like throttling forward, and I'm like, it's not moving, it's not moving. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, got us through the asteroid field, and then uh, we we were sneaky and snuck the the weapons off of the other ships just in the nick of time, and then. They saw us. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty grumpy about us taking the weapons back, so they were gonna they were gonna mess us up. So we just shot the weapons. At them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were like uh, planet destroying torpedoes or whatever, and we were just like, mm, take them back, but take them back while they're armed. <laughs> and it worked great. They blew we so so we blew it up, and everything went dark. And they were like, "Kick a, we're out of time for your for your guys's." simulation but well i assumed we just lost because all the lights shut off all the lights blew up (laughs) right (laughs) up with the weapon (laughs) right we're dead yeah we we shot a a massive bomb at a ship that wasn't that far away from us and you know we're probably we probably didn't make it and we went through all the things and and he was like you know what your shields are still reading at 12 percent like we survived we were like yeah (laughs) we survived we completed all mission objectives and it was a good we we were an excellent crew excellent crew we got our picture taken and everything uh yeah that was was a great day the space center it was a good day i was i was i was getting my marathon in running back and forth between the the two chairs (laughs) so we completed our mission and it was a fabulous a fabulous fabulous experience great time with my buddies i would recommend it if you know of one in your area give it a try on a saturday it's it's fun times and it was relatively inexpensive it was yeah i mean considering the number of people yep you know it probably would have been about the same to go to the movies maybe a little bit more but yeah yeah if i remember the pricing yeah it's less than going to like an escape room you know, oh yeah. Oh, and... I went to one of those and I was like, "What? You want me to pay that? Like fifty dollars <laughs> per person? What? For like an hour? You know? Yeah. This was yep. like two and a half. Well, part of that was training and stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. for how long you're there and the experience. It's at least in our area, it was definitely worth the money. I would say. Yep, yep. It was a good time. It was a good time. And we had a lot to talk about. We talked about a lot of stuff after at lunch. We went out to lunch <laughs> afterwards, and we had a lot of um, interesting observations about how their whole system works. Indeed. I was going to say, should we dive into that? Because I've done some exploring. It sounds like you have as well. I just heard what my wife told me. I haven't like dug into it, but yeah. Well, And again, I'm, I'm interested in doing something similar, which is why mm-hmm. I dug a little deeper. Left. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think we should, and I think you should take the lead. <laughs> okay. So my first question is this. They had an employee. They basically had two people with us at all times, two employees. Mm-hmm. One was actually, like, in the room, and he basically was trying to imitate Scotty from Star Trek was what I was trying to... Um, Was he Scott? Okay, yeah. I, he had the... He had the... He was Dr. Bones was my takeaway. <laughs> the whole thing was very Star Trek themed, like... If right. you've watched Star Trek, it was Star Trek. All the in, characters are the in, same. <laughs> in fact, some of the videos they played while they were doing it are from Star Trek. Yeah, like, yep, I don't know yep. how they got away with like copyrights with that, but like <laughs> sometimes they literally show like the Voyager getting pulled into a tractor beam, and mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. or the Enterprise. I mean, the oh yeah, the yeah, USS yeah, yeah. Enterprise going into the 
Jack to me. At one point, my dad was like, mm, Battlestar Galactica, huh? <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so they were pulling clips all over the place and music from all over the place. And I was like, I'm not sure how they get away with this. I think they're just hoping no one, no one cares. says anything. Or because it was built so long ago, originally, they just kind of got grandfathered into a lot of stuff or something. But Right, right. And so they bought it a long time ago. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, the computer guy was like Scotty. Well, so or the the computer guy, guy played the role more of Scotty, right? But the guy that was actually in the room sounded more like Scotty. He actually That's had like true. a Scottish accent and everything, right? Right. But he acted like Doctor. He Dr. acted Bones. like Doctor Bones, right? And stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. If you've seen the new Star Trek movies, yeah, yeah. And anyways, I don't I don't know a ton about Star Trek, but me neither. That was my feel. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so this is this is my question for you that I was trying to determine. Okay. The computer guy that wasn't in the room just through mics, his mm-hmm. name was Raljit, right? And he had kind of like an Indian accent. And... Yeah, yeah. But I'm convinced that every voice we heard was just that one kind of lanky, nerdy guy that actually <laughs> gave, gave us the tutorial before we went into the room, like gave signed our positions and everything. Your suspicions, David. Your suspicions. I have I have insider information because my wife was able she was able to stay and they were like, Hey, do you want to come like you wanna hang out and watch? And she was like, Yeah, sure. And so she got to go into the back room. Oh, did she stay the whole time? Or? She didn't stay the whole time. She only stayed for a few minutes. Okay. But she got to see the operation of how it works. That's cool. It is ex- exactly what you thought. Okay. I was very it suspicious. It is that one kid is all the voices that we heard through the computer and all the communications we had. It's that one kid. So all the, the general, the bad guys, mm-hmm. except they're all just that voice. Mm-hmm. I thought he did kid. marvelously well. Yeah. Well, they definitely use some kind of vocoder so that he can like change his voices, et cetera. But like, right, he was doing right. accents and stuff too. So like. He did a really good job. I mean, obviously he had some tech with him, but right, yeah, it'd yeah. be hard to jump into those roles while also running a lot of the stuff in the back end. Right, right. And that was the that was the most surprising thing that I heard from from my wife was that there wasn't anyone else really. There was just him. Right. And I think he had a supervisor with him that was like I don't know prepping him for evaluation or I don't know some. She had a clipboard, so that's all that mattered. Um, <laughs> right. Clipboard means you're the supervisor. <laughs> she might have done some some assistance as well, but I think he was mostly in charge of running the whole operation downstairs. Or I don't know if it was actually downstairs, but right. Well, and there's one time that there was like just like at the beginning we were in the docking bay. There was like a a girl voice. Oh, really? Well, I could tell it was like a high pitched voice. I think it was trying to be a girl, but I'm like, that's got to be a guy with, with some kind oh. of like voice changer. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's when I was first suspicious that they had a voice changer because it didn't sound like a girl. It sounded like a guy. But after that, everything sounded different, you know? So I was like, mm-hmm. I, but I think it's all still that same guy. You know? so. <laughs> what tipped you off? Why? Why? I mean, like, I guess I guess there's some obvious whys. What what tipped you off to that there was only one guy down there? I I wasn't sure. I was never sure until my wife told me. I had suspicions, but then like with all the different voices and all the different things that were going on and the different actors, and I was like, oh man, there must be more people down there. Like there must be at right. least two or three at least running the right. show. I think I, I had the same feeling. Like maybe there's maybe a supervisor's helping him, or maybe there's a couple people down there. I think I was suspicious when it, there was the two villains having the like, because the one villains that stole it were trading it to someone else and they were mm-hmm. having this conversation. 
mm-hmm. there was always this like pause in between when the two were talking to each other. So like someone would okay. say something, pause, then the other one would say something. I think he was changing his vocoder settings <laughs> in between, so that sounded like it was two different people having a conversation. And that's when I was suspicious because if it was two actors, they could just like they could just go you know, banter it. back and forth. But that's fair. I didn't notice that probably because like I. I assume that I just chalked it up to like, oh, we're listening to, you know, we're listening in on communications, you know, of course there's going to be a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of a delay with Discord, why is there not a little bit of delay with right. their communication, but, <laughs> but that, that's, a, that's an interesting thing that you, oh, that's interesting. Basically, the person that's in the room is just there to make sure like you understand your job and you're doing it right and can help you if you have questions, I think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. essentially the whole system was ran on the back end by one person. And that's something I confirmed digging the Okay, papers. yeah. One one person basically can run what's called the flight deck actually on the back and okay, yeah. the entire, entire flight deck or core, flight core, something like that. Right, right. Well, the pieces clicked into place for me when she told me when my wife told me that it was only one person back there, a lot of pieces clicked into place of why the system wasn't responding the way I expected it to. <laughs> right. So we we would be doing something. There was one point where we were traveling through space. It was a big hustle to get to get the keep the tractor beam going and keep everything, you know, just right to keep this other vessel in tow. And we started getting the call outs that, hey, we're we're headed towards the space station. We need to full stop soon. And so I'm the pilot, right? So I run over and I hit the full stop button and nothing happens and i'm like okay well just give it a second the doctor said to just give it a second so i'm just going to give it a second and then it was like more call outs for distance increasing decreasing towards this space station and i kept hitting the full stop button and i kept going why aren't we stopping right or another well, one of the problems was the computers just had a little bit of delay too but yeah yeah occasionally <laughs> they were, there they was were a delay. little bit laggy yeah yeah occasionally there was delay and my wife actually told me that at one point in the in that control in that back control room, the the supervisor was like, "Oh, I think they're at full stop." And the guy was like, "Oh, okay." And I think he had to actually change something manually. And I was yeah. just like, "This <laughs> explains all of the frustration that all of us are having with the system of like if they have to actually do something." Right. Here's the interesting thing: How much of the system do you think is manual? I think a lot of it. After after my after I either think a lot of it is manual or they need a much better computer running the system. <laughs> that's my two that's my two my two thoughts is because it's it was not responsive enough to be a well running system. A well running system right. like I've played a lot of video games and like a well running video game handles anything you throw at it. Right. Unless it's laggy and underpowered. <laughs> Or you're waiting on your teammates to do stuff. So I guess tell me how do you do you want me to expose the magic or do you want to y- Yes, expose the magic. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to know. I, I guess now it's time for me to know. <laughs> okay, so first of all, the lag. Mm-hmm. The reason why the system's probably laggy is it actually all runs through a client server setup. Okay. So just like you visit a website. It gets information back and then it updates on your screen for the client. So your system's actually not running on that computer. It's running from some server in the building, right? 
Okay. That's so that's the only way all the the systems can be communicating is they're communicating to the same central server. Right, right. That makes sense. It's all through just, you know, standard JavaScript, etc. So if the server is taking a second to process it, process something that needs to go out to everyone's consoles, mm-hmm. that's where some of the lag can be because it's it's waiting for just standard internet packages and stuff. So because it's not all local on the machine, I think that's where some of the lag came from. Was the okay. Server connection between all the systems. Not to mention the person who's controlling the core, the flight core, whatever yeah. it's called. <laughs> yeah. And they're sending updates to the server, which then needs to send it out to all the systems. So the server's probably not super expensive, you know. It's just not running, you know, a million computers or something. You know, it's, it's probably <laughs> right, something right. it's probably just one like little desktop computer that's probably not designed for all of this, which is why it's probably lagging a little bit. That makes sense. That uh, makes some sense. That makes some sense. I I guess I guess a a combination of things would probably cause that. My my right. my thought against that, like my counter thought, is like, well, but like I play online games, like I play Overwatch, and <laughs> that's right. that's a bunch of people all over the place interacting with a server system, and and I don't, I personally don't experience lag. Right, but it's not running from a a desktop. that's also trying to be an internet server (laughs) it also could be that because they knew they're only going to use it for this that the actual consoles may be really minimal software because it's only running an internet browser that could also be it right right which that 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 uh, that explains a lot like the combination of both things of like it's running through and then the addition of a server that makes sense yeah that makes sense why it would have been the way it was (laughs) right Okay, so that so that's how it runs. So basically, um, the system, if anyone's interested, is called Thorium. It's actually a really well designed setup. It's open source, so anyone can download it, use it. But yeah, you basically, so you you start up your server, you connect computers to that server, and when you connect the computers, you just basically say, "I want them to be the first officer. I want them to be the pilot. I want them to be etc." And then all the computers mm-hmm. come up with their standard console. Okay. But here's the crazy thing. To start, almost nothing in there is actually automated. Really? You're you're pressing a bunch of buttons and those send signals to the server uh-huh. or or to the you know the flight core that's actually running it. Yeah. But if you don't put in anything, you just get information. So and so press this. So and so press that. No. So, right. But Oh, okay. For the space center, they're they're not just running straight blind. That would be right. impossible, right? You, you right. one person trying to respond to everything. So you can set up like automatic responses. Okay. An automatic I don't know how to explain it. Basically little cards that you can say, if so and so does this at this point, do this to their screen or whatever. So you can actually like pre-configure the whole mission of like this is what the map looks like. Okay. This is where the ship's gonna be. I want them to have a countdown of this much time for life support, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So all of those pieces, all the videos that played, the asteroid game you played, et cetera, those yeah, can all yeah. be pre-programmed <laughs> into the system. Right, right. So that it knows what your mission is. And if certain people are doing certain things, it will do certain things to the console. So like for example, your dad was repairing a bunch of stuff because he, they probably just had cards that said like, if damage gets to this point, disable this system, you know, if damage gets yeah. to this point, disable this system. And if this system gets disabled, do a bunch of stuff. So there's a lot of pre-configuring they have to do 
that says what happens when this happens. Okay. And so that's where a lot of the setup comes and prevents a lot of stuff for the person actually running the show. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Which which is like the core of that's like the the core of automation is like if so and so does this at this time, I will respond in this way. That's what right. makes like. But it's not built into the system. That was the interesting part. Like, right? They had to build it from the ground up for the right. any of the automation. Right. Well, and just things like like some things are automatic. Like if I built something on my screen, it automatically went to your nephew's screen because he could send them out. With okay. Yeah. Torpedo shoot or whatever you know. Like that right. stuff, stuff, stuff's automatic. But like, for example, you typed in coordinates of how to get to that starship or whatever. Yeah. I've actually looked at the back end. <laughs> There's literally a button that says so-and-so is ask for coordinates. And it just says, send random coordinates on the back end. No. <laughs> oh, that makes me grumpy. <laughs> so those those coordinates were a pain in the butt, man. I had to type in like five numbers per coordinate. Right. And well, that's really all they had to do on their end is just, okay, yeah, this is where it's actually going to be, I guess, is whatever the random coordinates are. <laughs> it's been like... Because I was curious, because remember you mistyped the name the first time? Yeah, but, yeah. But your coordinates right. showed up. Because the guy realized you had mistyped it. He just probably sent you the same coordinates again. Cause... Uh-huh. That was another clever trick that, that tipped me off to the the fact that there wasn't really that much automation going on. Because every time the tr- the training s- system, any time that it brought up, oh, you have to type something in here, they always put this little addendum of like, don't worry if you don't know how to spell it, <laughs> or don't worry if you don't know what it is. Right. You can the computer will help you. Right, which also makes sense if you're working with elementary school kids a lot. That yeah, you know, they yeah. probably might have difficulty with some of that. And I was sitting there going, this 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 text analysis. Software's great. You know, it knows yeah, exactly that's, that's what, what I was thinking. I was like, how in the world do they know? <laughs> I, you know, I typed in ETA for like estimated estimated time of arrival. I was like, how uh-huh. in the world do you know what that means? And sure enough, it, it's just the guy <laughs> on the back end seeing what you're reading and then sending that response. Right. Which just, I'm like, ah, oh, it's kind of cheating. I thought it was cooler than it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So again, it's a really well designed system. And I think they pre-configure a lot of things so that it's not, the person running everything. Right. But what I, what I kind of found is like most of like the mission itself is automated, but not like the responses to what we do. Yeah. Which again, makes sense if you're working with elementary kids, you know, you can't just rely on them completing tasks perfectly. And apparently you can't rely on us completing tasks perfectly because <laughs> well, we messed up a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and like the core of the system is like, like at one point it was like, we need to save these people. What are we going to do? And then it's like, how could they have planned for the planned for the automation of something so complicated as a room of seven people trying to figure out different options of what to do? Right. Obviously, there's only a couple of options, but it's like, how, how could they prepare for that? They couldn't have. They have to have some other human reaction. Right. Well, and things like, not to, to downplay the contribution of your other friend, David. There's another David that is also oh, yeah. his friend. Yeah, other David. But I'm pretty sure he kept calling the ships on the wrong frequency. <laughs> I think he notice? did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, other David, if you listen, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure you kept putting the, the there's always two numbers on the screen. And I was always really confused. And they never matched. Yeah, they never. There was always an outgoing call and an incoming call, and neither of them were the same. 
Uh, but they were able to c- compensate for that. They were able to just say, oh, okay, well, we're just going to just going to connect it. Yeah. Because there's a human on the back end doing troubleshooting for the whole operation. Right. Do you know if he listens to the podcast? Do I need to edit that out? <laughs> I don't know if anyone listens to the podcast. So. <laughs> for right now, I'm just talking to an empty room and you, my friend. So. <laughs> Anyways, other David, if you are listening, to be fair, I didn't do anything the whole time. So you probably had a harder job than I <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know what was also funny? Thinking of shortcomings that we personally had during the operation. Um, as pilot, I was supposed to punch in you know, we're leaving for the mission, right? We're supposed to go meet up with all these other ships at this certain place. And so we're supposed to punch in the, co- I was, I went over, I punched in the coordinates and I hit enter and then I throttle up to, to full warp or whatever we were going to do warp five or however fast we were going to go. And I walked back over to the first officer's chair where it actually shows the destination of where we're headed. And it said no target. And I was like, Oh, we're just headed in some random direction. <laughs> Right. And I'm like, I start like running back and forth. I was trying to keep it down on the down low so that no one, no one knew that I was like, we're not going anywhere in particular, just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> it was silliness. The the way I kind of think of it in my mind is just like, it's the work of like a very skilled dungeon master. Yeah. That's a good, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's like D and D to the next level. I don't personally play D and D, but you know, right. Right. Dungeon master obviously has to be very capable to adapt to whatever the people are doing in the room right just take that up like two levels and that's what this is (laughs) right well it's it's being a dungeon master but i know i know you don't play D &D, and so it's like i've I've only played a little bit but it's D &D is very much turn-based of like let's all talk about something and then we're going to give our answer or i'm going to do this thing and then the dungeon master looks at the next person in line. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then you get to combat situations and it's okay. Now everyone has a turn and then order that we're supposed to go in for combat. And so it's where you're going to go and you're going to go and you're going to go. And then the bad guys are going to go. And so it's like more structured, but in the, in the space center, it was like, okay, here's seven computers that can all talk all at once to mission control. And one guy who's supposed to run the dungeon master's job <laughs> and keep tabs on everyone else all at once. I just, and I also play the voices of the villains and the general the... <laughs> and Raljit who's trying to help us. And... Right, right. Exactly. It was just, it's a, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that it's, done that way and that he's given such a monumental task to complete because it feels like if i was on the other end of that thing i'd be like oh this is this is a lot for me man i don't know if i want to do all of that right which is again i i would love to see how much you can pre-configure because again right. i've only seen a blank slate and i just go oh like this would take forever but once you've pre-configured it i've i would love to see how much he is actually yeah how much is him pulling the strings and how much the system is taking care of but yeah. still the the fact that he's doing any of that is kind of crazy yeah yeah well and maybe we can we might actually be able to get in on that yeah if we go again because i was talking to the other david and the other david is all game for getting another group together of different people and going again so right Maybe we may. I'll bring you along, and you can you can be our shepherd, our parent, and you can just uh, go on the back room and take notes for your uh, for your eventual automation, your your own space center that you're gonna make. 
<laughs> well, see, and that's kind of what uh, deterred me from because initially I was like, I'm just going to, if it's open source, I'm just going to set up my own thing and just do it through like Zoom with my own server and stuff. But yeah, when I saw how much backend stuff there was, I was like, oh, I, I barely can keep track of the kids while they're on <laughs> Zoom, let alone trying to like <laughs> run right. all this. And, and especially if I won't be able to be there, like to run their screens and help them with that. Like, yeah, forget it. So that's why I kind of dismissed the idea of doing this exactly. Okay. But, okay. Have you found any uh, alternative solutions? Have you looked into um, the alternative solutions? I have. Not nearly as cool and probably not relevant to the podcast, but ah, you can okay. create like open 3D environments and stuff that students can interact in, which are kind of cool. Oh, so. interesting. Going to go more of that route and just not try and run a whole space center from right. My, <laughs> right, my computer. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Well, then uh, that, 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 makes, that makes sense. Don't worry, that makes sense. It It seemed like... A lot of work and i i it's it's one of those things where it's like after having gone through it i kind of i have this like urge to be like ah you guys are doing it wrong like i i want to come fix your automation so that it's actually like responding how someone would expect it to respond in all the situations and <laughs> but <it's, laughs> so so here's the issue and this again this is save the world right like right i guess first of all problem well solved right space oh, yeah. can we oh, agree yeah. that yeah it brought back childhood magic that i never got <laughs> to experience and that is well solved in and of itself but right the opportunities for team building and for and for growth and for exploration like it's it's truly limitless right well and everyone i talk to everyone i've talked to that's been to the space center always remembers it they remember what position they were or at yeah. least they think they remember the name <laughs> You know, and right. it's always a memorable thing. Like, it's just one of those, like, at least around here where everyone goes, it's just one of those coming of age experiences, I guess, that everyone has. Yeah. Yeah. Except me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except Aaron <laughs> and my wife, apparently. She hasn't been. She hasn't she... been. We got to get her in there. <sighs> <laughs> or I build my own space center and we run it from my living room. <laughs> from your living room. Great. Yes. <laughs> but looking at ways to improve this, right? Mm hmm. So here, here's the interesting thing. You can find a lot of like space bridge simulators on Steam, other PC game services, etc. Right. You can just search that up and there's lots of ones you can connect with people and do that. But the problem with these PC simulators you can just buy off the shelf, you know, yeah. and play with your friends. Yeah. Is they're almost always just focused on like combat. Okay. Because that is something you can automate. When I press this button, the ship shoots that. And when I do this, the ship does that. And we need to send this signal and it goes out, you know, to this other ship. And yeah, you know, so when you focus on that level of exactness, you're kind of limiting the level of flexibility in the jobs that are present. Mm, David, David, you've just Does that struck make a, sense? Yeah, you've just <laughs> struck a nerve that I have I had forgotten about. I I was really uppity about this stuff a couple a little while ago. But the lack of you're right, the la that's that's one of the things that annoys me the most about video games on a regular basis is that there's not the flexibility and there's not the freedom to just kind of you have a problem and you can solve it in whatever way you want to. Right. Because you can just do whatever you want to because it's it's a free open world environment, but, but I've never played a video game that's like that. The closest I've ever gotten is 
is the space center, you know, where it's like, oh, <laughs> there's right. a problem. Somebody do something, you know, and right. Uh, well, and that's and again designed for elementary age kids as well. Yeah, you need that flexibility to be able to handle the way they try and solve the problem. Right. And I, I guess you could also say that also teaching them that combat is not always the answer. Is right, the right. <laughs> Blowing up the other ship is not always the answer to that. <laughs> right. When it's fun, like it's it, combat's great and all, but it even it's not the experience of right the the simulator the the cooperation piece that's needed. Right, right. Well, and even uh, I don't know, even automated combat like in video games enemies behave a certain way and i can exploit the way the enemy behaves right <laughs> to my advantage you know they will do this and they will do that they never surprise me it was like i i played one game where the game was called crisis and it was great it was great fun but the enemies you know at the beginning the enemies are not scared and taunting you and really eager to fight you and then as you continue through the game and as you know they hear about you and they try to start responding to you in the storyline the enemies never changed they never exhibited right. any fear or any any different kind of tactic for attacking me it was always the same attack and always the same brash you know i'm going to kill you there was never any <laughs> there was never any like fear of like oh my gosh i don't know who this is you know i'll appear in front of them after being cloaked, they don't run screaming, you know? Right. And it's like, why don't you just run screaming? Like, why Why are you not terrified? I just, I just blew up a helicopter and you're just standing there shooting me like nothing happened. You know, it's just, it's like they... Right. Enemies... They don't exhibit natural behaviors. Right, right. Or adaptive behaviors in any way. Right. And and so even even in the limited scope of combat, I find this... I find this lack of fresh, real, you know, real world situation, real, real reactions and real people on the other end of it who, who will respond in a way that is unique and something I didn't expect and actually clever. Right. Instead of the same run behind that barrier, poke your head out so that I can shoot you. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just not, it lacks that engaging aspect of being, having the flexibility and being attacked flexibly right in a way that's that's interesting so i agree 100 percent that that's that's what traditional media lacks it's funny that you should mention that because actually those are the video games i do like where the behavior is exact like really old video games where oh it's yeah like, <laughs> i'm basically just learning the pattern and then yeah. I beat the game when i can match the pattern exactly like i love yeah. those types of games okay, okay yeah. jump on this then jump <laughs> anyways which is fine it's just funny that we have a difference in opinion there, which well, is why I'm... Yeah, yeah. Some of the newer games that are coming out, I'm like, uh, this is too advanced. They're too smart. <laughs> I don't have time for this. I can't learn this pattern. It's too well, out there. Anyways. And there's a lot of joy to be had. I had... There's a lot of, you know, peace and enjoyment to be had when you're playing games where it's... Where it is predictable. You know, you, that there is the rigor and the routine and the learning a certain thing does have its own its own set of joy. And its own uh, enjoyment in it, but right. But at times, especially in like an open world game or in a in a big flexible game or a game that that is like, oh, you can do whatever you want. You can be as flexible as you want to be. Right. That's when it feels like I don't have options and I don't have 
<laughs> problems that are interesting to solve. You know, I have the same set of bad guys and the same tools to attack these bad guys and the same reaction out of them as soon as they are getting attacked. And it's just right. You told me there would be fun. There would be, there would be flexibility and excitement and, and I have nothing. I have the same. <laughs> I have Mario <laughs> jumping. And now you have the space center that has to do that for everyone in the room. Right. Have the flexibility for everyone in the room and how they're responding. <laughs> that takes it to another level. Right. Right. And I, th- I think I, I would be interested to see how it works with a bunch of kids. Cause I'd be curious to know if a bunch of kids would think less on their toes. Right. Cause I feel like a room full of adults is a much bigger challenge to overcome for for the operator you know for the flight deck right because <laughs> all the, the kids are just hey let's shoot them down okay yeah <laughs> right right you need to do your job okay i'm gonna do my job everyone look while i do my job yeah and, and it's true a, instead of like all of us are trying to solve the problem each with our own set of tools of course they might also be like have way better ideas of actually how to solve the problem because they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> That's true. So, That's true. <laughs> because they have no like preconditioning on how to solve it. They could just have like amazing ideas that we never would have thought of. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. We should, we should just go sometime and see if they'd let us observe. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun little Say we're doing trip. an academic study or something. And Ooh. See if yeah. We get permission. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. We could get dressed up in suits. Oh, I guess not suits. Polos. I need a polo. Then we could both go in polos and khakis. Oh, <laughs> that's the right. That's the right attire. Yep. And clipboards. I get some clipboards. <laughs> that's how you know if someone's official. You know, if they got a clipboard, they, they're doing their job. Sure. <laughs> because no one carries around a clipboard for fun. That's. <laughs> I just. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm right. Good. And that's all. <laughs> so. It is a problem well solved. I think it fits a very specific role. Yeah. But again, that failure point, or not failure point, but just that heavy requirement of always having someone that is trained to run the back end. Yeah. Is makes it very limiting. That's why they have to do it in these specific buildings with these computers that, you know, they have the equipment and everything and they train people and they have a supervisor with a clipboard. That makes sure you know how to do your job. And... Right, right. And they have a doctor who comes into the room and who, who seemingly knows everyone's job, even though he was just a medical doctor, you know? <laughs> right. So in that way, it's a very, like, lots of upfront setup, lots of upfront cost, which makes it hard to expand. Yeah. In fact, the guy that kind of runs the open source is working on a project right now that is trying to, sounds like he's making like a paid version that hopefully incorporates even more automation into the system. I think it was something if you're, you know, still working with little kids, you might always need someone in the back end, you know, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That seems really hard to avoid. But so I think this is really far down the road, but I would love to see, we've, I think we've mentioned AI Dungeon on this podcast before. We have. I haven't looked into it, but we have mentioned it, yeah. There's a lot of systems now that are like, AIs are just learning how to even just like tell stories based on people's response is ai dungeon is a system where you basically can play a D type story but it's all just a artificial intelligence that is determining this the situation and what happens when you do certain actions based on just all this training data it learned on hmm. so can you imagine if you use that for all the you know search bar things and all the yeah. how to respond to different actions and 
it might be interesting if one day we could incorporate that into the system so that that takes even more off the the back end piece for the person running the show yeah yeah no that's a that's a that's a really clever idea because as we were talking about it i was thinking about it and the only solution i can think of is like well if you just add more people into the back end like if you put people into the back right. end or you know a true like a true artificial intelligence like a a true being of computer <laughs> the, there's a new word for it they're starting to use i think it's an artificial general intelligence agi that's the new buzzword AGI. artificial general intelligence okay okay because they started to use ais for like the specially trained right for the one that can systems. determine if it's a cat or not that's right that's can an also be called an ai <laughs> so agi is like irobot style right i'm a robot that acts like a human the scary kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. The world-ending kind, the Skynets yeah. <laughs> of the future. <laughs> yes. Um, be careful, everyone. AGIs are dangerous. Be careful. <laughs> That's it's <laughs> it's the it's the plot of every really interesting AGI film. Like every film that incorporates some sort of human-level intelligence in a computer, a lot of them take over the world and destroy the world. So be careful. <laughs> But this one in the back room of the space center would not be taking over the world. It would just be helping right, right. small elementary school kids to enjoy a cooperative experience. So then, <laughs> interesting to build on that. Would you assign one per computer, like one per role, or do you think you could make it work with? Because with seven human data inputs, I guess it's still it's still controlled to some degree. Yeah, it would still just get them one at a time and know where it's coming okay. from. It, yeah. I mean, you could theoretically train separate tasks, but I think it'd be better just to train the whole system as one single AI. Interesting, interesting. And again, can I just mention the fact that it's hilarious that every single time you come up with a, a person-based solution and I always come up with a tech-based solution. <laughs> <laughs> you're far too trusting of people. Um, <laughs> and you're far too trusting of computers. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm the coming, one that man. controls them judgment day man <laughs> it's coming the terminators if you want to beat the apocalypse you have to be the programmer that makes the apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> fair 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 okay okay no that's an interesting that's an interesting point i hadn't thought of that before but yeah we do Tend to rely. Well, that's and that's because I uh, sometimes I don't quite trust computers to know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess I can see the AI working for the space center situation mm -hmm. because there's a, only a controlled number of inputs that you can have. I guess that's how life is, though, isn't it? <laughs> you only have so many inputs you can put into life to get certain results you know it's like every problem only has so many solutions i mean even if i'm a, I mean, even if i'm at work you know there's only so many things that we can do to fix something right or to build a cabinet there's not an infinite way to solve the problem and there's definitely not an infinite number of efficient good ways to solve the problem right and so well even imagine like you took one of the pc game simulators that's mostly mm -hmm. combat faced but you wanted to add more story components to it you know even if it was just text-based could the ai come up with what the villains are saying based on the scenario could it come up with like you typed in a word and it knows generally what you're looking for mm -hmm. information wise it gives you an option of what action does your team want to do and you just type in the search bar or type it into the input bar 
maybe it has a list of like 15 different scenarios that could occur, but it knows based on what you typed, like which scenario to send you into next. Hmm. You might have something that's fully automated, but the AI can kind of take your free form responses and direct what path you're trying to take. Interesting, interesting. In that case, you wouldn't even need a back-end person. Right. Again, if it was more adult-based and something you're just doing with your friends online yeah. type thing. <laughs> right, right. Still be hard with elementary kids. When they just, Train kids to learn. Them. They yeah. accidentally hit the keyboard and it just has a bunch of you know random symbols. <laughs> right, <laughs> they yeah. Enter that as the input, it might struggle. Nah, it'd just give an answer, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's true. It'd say, ah, oh, you want to attack? Great, good with choice. With your little ship and fight the giant spaceship? Okay, <laughs> go for it. But, but you, you see what I mean? Though? Like, if, yeah. if you could eliminate that need for a person to respond to the open actions, mm-hmm. you eliminate a lot of difficulty for the person writing the show. Right. Or again, to kind of work the other direction, you can add a lot more freedom into something that's already completely automated. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. But I'd love to see that go down that line. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we will soon, actually, to be quite honest. Okay. I'm interested, but I feel like this uh, this feeling of like, I don't have any idea how well the computers handle handle stuff like that. I'm really <laughs> curious about this AI dungeon kind of thing, because the the crowning reason I was interested in playing Dungeons and Dragons was because of the the sheer flexibility right. that you have for the story and just that that ability to to be blindsided and that ability to say, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this crazy thing right now. Right. And we're going to see if it works. And it's like, I could never have used the equipment like that in a video game. Right. And so I'm very curious to know about this AI dungeon and to see if it's... You should just give it a go and report I back I should. how it goes. Because okay. I think you'll be more surprised than you realize how good it is. Okay. Okay. Because it just, it feels so, like, I understand intellectually that it, that it could handle all the information and, and like, eventually it can gain an understanding or some kind of reactionary, not an understanding, but it can gain a, a reaction system based on what I give it. But how good can it be? Like, what if I just throw like random crap at it? Like, I just, I'm just... Uh, I'll play it. I'll play it. I'll, I'll give it a good thorough test. I'll play it once and then I'll test it once and see if I can okay. see if I can mess it up pretty badly and see see where its shortcomings are. Yeah, I'm really excited because, again, I kind of know that field. So things like mm. this don't surprise me. I think, yeah. I think you'll see what it does understand about the world and you'll kind of flip out at how good it actually is. Okay, okay. That's just... I'm just... It's very interesting, and it's very scary too. It's like it, it's it's nervous making to think that if you can replace a dungeon master to some degree, that that's that's where I start to feel like, oh no, man, you're you're headed towards real. Like that's like now you're really automating something that has a lot of inputs right. and a lot of a lot of different stuff going on inside of it. And if it can be creative, like that's the that's the other part that I'm interested in is, is like if I play it a hundred times, will I start to get bored with the different scenarios that comes up? But maybe not, just because that's, I mean, counter argument to that is that every movie has the same plot anyway. So, <laughs> like, true. will I get bored? No, I probably won't. <laughs> you, you find that, like, every 
single movie is based off of like the same 12 Shakespeare plots just yeah. in different ways. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just there's not that much that the human brain actually finds interesting that's unique about storytelling, you know. It's like storytelling's kind of determined in that in that fashion in a lot of ways. You know, you can do exciting unexpected things, but as uh Fry from Futurama said, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but people don't come to TV to get the new exciting or to be surprised they want the same thing that they've always been given <laughs> this is true <laughs> and it's tr it's true this is a this is a state of humanity i always want chocolate chip cookies <sighs> well i can't answer your 100 times question because i haven't played it 100 times so i don't know how repetitive okay. it gets yeah and it's okay i probably won't play it that much either but <laughs> But again, just things like um, I had a friend who played it for a long. I've just like tested it, but he played it for a much longer time. But like he'd come back to towns that he'd mentioned, and like the same characters were still there, and things like Man. that. Like it remembers like who lives in the villages that it creates and stuff. Like so, so did this? Did this system have a framework for how to do an RPG, or did it just? Did they just feed it a ton of RPG information? Like I think they just. Well, it's it's trained on just basically this massive language model. Hmm. I think it's GPT two or something. It might be GPT three now. Mm -hmm. Basically, you just feed in all of the internet into the training model and it learns to speak English. Okay. Okay. Wow. So that's how it knows how to form sentences. Okay. And then I don't remember how they gave it the data for. AI dungeons. I think they trained it on like a bunch of dungeon masters type stories and fantasy books and things like that. I can't, I don't know exactly that training set specifically. Yeah. Um, so basically it just learns from all these stories that it's read what happens when certain people do certain actions. So even, even though it will seem amazing at the same time, it's really just interpolating between all these different stories that we have found. Man. That's, that's the, the coolest thing about deep learning is that like yeah. we call it artificial intelligence. But it's really just being able to take the massive amount of data that's out there mm -hmm. and just being able to work within the same set of data. Here's the entire English language. Give me another English sentence. And it can figure that out because it's seen the entire English language. It just learned that this is how English is formed. Not because it's, you know, intelligent per se. Right, right. Like it didn't it didn't take a class. It just has seen so much flipping data <laughs> that <laughs> by now it has essentially learned all the conventions of how sentences right, should right. form. You know, some same thing with these amazing applications. Like, I don't know if you saw this one that was really popular recently of like, you take a photo of yourself and it turns you into like an animated character. Oh yeah. My wife was showing me that she was taking pictures <laughs> of stuff and feeding it all sorts of people. And yeah, that seemed to blow up on the internet for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But same thing that like, I, again, I don't know the back end per se, but I'm guessing all they did is they took like, facial lookalikes because a lot of 3d characters will try and design them off the actual celebrity or right right portraits a lot of artists do self-portraits same idea you just feed in a bunch of you know regular human faces there's a bunch of animated faces turn them into each other in fact you don't even have to match them you can just say there's a new method actually not quite that new about four years old now mm -hmm. but <laughs> that basically said you can do unpaired training this really cool way of doing unpaired training of just saying here's a bunch of human faces here's a bunch of animated faces even if they don't match you know what anime faces look like you know what human faces look like now learn how to turn them into each other and it can do that that's crazy 
that's that's really crazy because I I was always taught the way to like the way that it would learn was that you fed it paired data like oh yeah this is a cat this is a cat this is not a cat and it has to have like two intersecting lines of like obviously you'd have to feed it but it doesn't have oh that's crazy that's really crazy yeah because what they realize is basically what they could do is it's called a cycle mm-hmm. and in fact i'll just put this in the show notes for anyone that's interested <laughs> they call it cycle again and the idea is that because yes you're right generally the idea is pairs you know question answer face animated face right right take this turn it into that and this is what it looks like and match the same process right um but what you can do is just if you have unpaired data, you know, the, the one in the paper is horses and zebras. I want to turn my horses into zebras and my zebras into horses. So it needs to learn to basically put stripes on horses and take stripes off of horses or of zebras, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you don't, you obviously don't have pairs of here's a horse and here's the zebra version of that horse. Right. Because <laughs> right, that's what <laughs> we want the machine to do already. Yeah. Okay. Right. So but all you have to do is say... I want you to be able to take my horse, turn it into a zebra, but then take that zebra, turn it back into the horse, and those should match. Okay. My horse to zebra concatenated with my zebra to horse functions should return the same image. And that's actually what you train against. Right. And then you feed it a bunch of images of zebra. And tell it to do the opposite in the other direction. My zebra to horse compounded with my horse to zebra. Right, right. Function should give me back the zebra. And in that process, it learns the function. This is crazy. So with enough data, an AGI is totally like within the realm of possibility then, yeah? Yeah, I mean... Or does it not? Because it feels like if you just feed it, like, say you just take a human lifespan and you just feed it a million human lifespans or 100,000 or 10,000, I don't even know how many you need, 1,000 even, could it then replicate a human? Like... So, for sake of time, I'm just going to say, theoretically, yes. Okay. But to put your worries... Skynet. <laughs> to calm your troubled mind, um, I will say we're still really far away from that. Yeah, okay. That's what I figured. We do have a lot of methods, though, that are showing that, you know, like this, that you're right. Like, we won't need just the entire world in paired data, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to... Give them their the information, and they'll be able to kind of self learn on a lot of things. So weird. And even though a lot of these things still seem crazy, it's still so specific. Yeah, it's still so centralized to one task. And being able to generate an English sentence is one thing. Being able to take that English sentence, know the meaning of it, and be able to like replicate that action yourself, or like find a video. Again, even then, it's just like we have all these specialized networks that might be able to do that one thing. Yeah. But having a one network that can do all the things, think the way a human does is still just really far away. Right, right. That makes sense. Okay. So so the solution is artificial intelligence once again. <laughs> Those darn AIs, they're gonna they're gonna solve all our problems, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and create a whole bunch of new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're solving the immediate problem. We right. Say that. We're solving the immediate problem. Someone else can solve the problem after that. Right. So. Well, we'll do an episode about the new problems that, that occur. That's our whole job. That's It would put us out of work if, if, if they didn't create more problems. I mean, imagine if we had a solution that didn't create problems. Then what would we do, David? <laughs> We'd do nothing. Well, it's true. I'd probably still <laughs> make a podcast, but...
All right. Well, the use or the users, <laughs> the you, a user. <laughs> you tell I'm a computer scientist. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. All right. The listeners, the listeners have heard us talk very much in detail about the space center, and yeah, did not realize how long we talked about that. But yeah. it's good stuff. Interesting stuff to think about. And again, you should give it a try, dear listener, if you had the chance to go to the Space Center. Yes, you should. It's fun. So after talking about that very deep and complex topic, we're going <laughs> to yeah. talk about something a little bit more lighthearted to finish up. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's be honest. It was still lighthearted, but <laughs> <laughs> this is even more lighthearted. Yes. Can yeah. be more infuriating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something that'll make me immediately grumpy. I like that. This is the one that will allow Aaron to just like tip over this table in his kitchen and just start <laughs> punching things because it makes him so mad. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Although we'll see if uh it's for opposite reasons or not. But I yeah. We'll find out. Okay, so here's the dilemma. You're watching Avatar The Last Airbender Uh on Netflix, and you want to obviously watch the intro because it's one of the best intros to any show ever. It's one of the best shows ever. Correct, correct. But by default, if you're watching it, it highlights the skip intro button so that if you press any button, like you want to pause to wait for your wife to come in the room so you can start the episode or something, right? If you try to pause, it won't pause. It'll actually <laughs> skip the intro. No, really? <laughs> Which is infuriating because I I want to watch the intro. Uh-huh. In fact, I almost always want to watch the intro. Even if I'm watching like any show, even if I'm watching multiple in a row, I love watching the intro in between each one. Interesting. I don't know why. I I just want to like, it just gets me in the mood again to like keep watching. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So like. The only only exception is uh I don't know if you've watched the series of unfortunate events. I only watched a couple episodes. I think I watched two <laughs> episodes. Didn't last long. <laughs> I really enjoyed that book as a kid, so I actually ended up watching the show. Mm-hmm. And the show is really well done, but the intro song is just really annoying. It's like it's supposed to be like that's kind of the point of the show. It's, you know, Okay, yeah. The unfortunate events and the guy singing poorly and it's all you know, very dreary and right. dismal, you know. Right. So that intro I did want to skip. But most of the time I'm I don't want to skip the intro for any show. Like I it for some reason it just like sets my mind into the show. But if I'm ever like pausing for my wife to, to get into the room or something, or I just want to go get a drink before the next episode starts, I always have the instinct of pressing <laughs> the pause button and it jumps <laughs> past the intro. I'm like, no. <laughs> Why do you have that button? And why do you highlight it by default? I want to watch the dang intro, please. Oh, David. Oh, David. We do feel differently about this. <laughs> that's that's what my concern was. So what are your thoughts on this matter? So I totally agree that it's ridiculous that you don't have the opportunity to pause it at the beginning and to just watch the intro like you want to do. I think you should have the, that option. We've done little if we just take away choices, right? That's that's not the point. The point is not to take away our choices. It's to give us more options. And right. and and to take away your ability to, to not watch the intro. I mean, to watch the intro is unacceptable. Right. 
I will I will fight <laughs> for the opportunity for you to watch the intro. But do you really watch the intro on every show? I do. David. I don't know why. <laughs> it's for the I don't know, it just like gets me in the mindset that I'm watching the show. Okay, okay. That I'm I'm adjusting from my current life and now I'm imbued in the show. But but what about if you just watched an episode of the show? I think this might also be one of the things is I don't binge watch a whole lot. Oh, I see. <laughs> if you only watch one episode at a time, yeah, I can see. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I'll watch, I'll watch two episodes now and then, yeah, and I'll still yeah. go in between. I've done like three or four on Avatar. Okay, <laughs> right, yeah, okay. That's that 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 answers the question of why would you do this to yourself a little bit more clearly? Cause, cause then it would get you into it. Like I, I can see that I, my wife and I watch a couple of shows quite a lot. <laughs> like we, yeah, you could say we binge watch them regularly. Right. And so hearing the same intro song over and over and over again <laughs> in the same day <laughs> after you just heard it over and over again in the day before, is mind-numbingly upsetting. <laughs> it is just like, and it's not like it's not like an in-your-face kind of thing. It's like a, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick of this. Ah, you just, you just over time, you just, your brain just starts to resent the sounds that it, the TV's making and the, <laughs> the pictures you have to look at again and again and again. I think another problem of this too is that you probably watch a lot more comedy than I do. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case or not, but. We we binge watch comedy. I feel like comedy shows have a lot more annoying intros. That's fair. That's than, fair. Than like the story driven series. That's almost always what I watch is like okay. a continuous story TV show. That's interesting. And so in that case, it's more like I'm getting back into the investigative story of whatever I'm watching. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Whereas, right. Whereas like yeah, if I'm watching like. I don't know, SpongeBob. I don't want to hear the Who Lives in a Pineapple Under the Sea song. Oh, man. Every episode I watch. Oh, man. Not that I watch that anymore, but I can see that. If it's more of just like a lighthearted, silly song at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what shows you're watching. Is, do you find that to be the case or uh, are they more story driven? It depends. For the story driven, it depends on how much we're watching at a time. Because I agree. I, I have one show that I like to watch. I, I don't binge watch it a ton. And when I do, I usually like to listen to the first intro. But then if I'm watching a bunch of episodes in a row, I will skip the intros on all the other episodes. Just the first one right. will is acceptable. Because I agree, it does it does kind of pull you into it. And it's, it's part of the experience. And a lot of times the the music and the and the and the the visuals are very interesting and very fun and engaging but chaos <laughs> ensues when you just you just watch the same intro over and over again and so i think it is a quantity issue though i do i do i do agree i right. think it's a quantity issue you would love you would love a different skip intro button that i have encountered lately Oh yeah. <laughs> um I've been watching Star Wars the Clone Wars mm. the the animated show recently. Is that on Disney Plus? It is on Disney Plus, yep. And nice. It's very ugh okay ugh everyone's like oh my gosh it was so good. <laughs> They're lying. The last like the last like 3 seasons are what's good. Right. The first 3 are like 
mm, a kid's show. Right. And stupid and ridiculous. So, <laughs> but that's beside the point. So, <laughs> it hasn't aged well. Let's put it that it way. Ha- yeah, it has not. Yeah. Like a lot of prequel Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Um, why did all their stuff walk? anyway it's fine it's fine i get it i have lots of complaints that's for a different time but the show has a very short intro it's like a a pared down version of the star wars intro with the star wars thing floating off into the back but Mm -hmm. not the words get rid of all the paragraphs of text that every star wars film starts with right and it just like jumps into it so it's probably only 20 to 30 maybe not even that 15 to 30 seconds long and the skip intro button pops up every time and i frequently press the skip intro button because i would like to skip the intro i have heard the same 10 seconds of this song (laughs) so many times right and it's not an interesting song it's kind of dumb and it's not even it's not even that good whatever you know whatever so i go to press this button right and it skips it back to the beginning because the intro is so short, it restarts the intro <laughs> when you press the button. So you'll get 10 seconds in, press the button, and then you have to rewatch that 10 seconds again. <laughs> just in case you weren't in the mood enough, you know, just in case you weren't prepared right. for, for the next part. And it <laughs> makes me so mad, David. It makes me so mad. It is just—it's right. just like, why did you even put the button on there? Why did you even put the button on if it wasn't going to skip me past all the nonsense and put me right into the show? Like, why does? Why isn't it there? And it's not. And the thing that's hilarious is that it's not that much nonsense. It's only a few seconds, and yet it still irks. I feel like there was another Star Wars like show I was watching where again it was like a five second. Oh, it was the Mandalorian. That's what it was. Oh yeah, because the Mandalorian it will. It will start with a, a first cutscene type thing. Uh-huh. Then it will do the Mandalorian logo, right, right, and do that like weird like didgeridoo type instrument, yeah, whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. But it's literally like five seconds long, right? And I'm like, why does that skip intro button even exist? Like, you're not gonna be able to press it before you realize that it's there. <laughs> you know, like, right? There right. really is no long intro there. It just moves straight to the right the next part if there's especially if there's no like previously on mandalorian or whatever like it mm-hmm. it literally is just mandalorian now and we're starting done. you know right and then it's the show which is how it's supposed to be but you know that's okay that's okay that's a different issue yeah but it just it just seemed funny that's like why did you even bother to put the button like exactly exactly because you can't handle three <laughs> seconds of the text on the screen <laughs> Anyway, that's really that's that's a frustrating thing, and the uh, the solution to that is to get rid of the dang button. It shouldn't be there if it's not going to do its job. I <laughs> I desperately need that button to do its job. It needs to take me very near the very beginning of the episode, within three seconds of the beginning of the episode. Right is how close it should be. No further back than that. Well, another one that makes me laugh is, um, are you familiar with the TV show Bluey? Oh my gosh, am I familiar with the TV show Bluey? <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't even have kids and we watch it. Like <laughs> I I just appreciate what my brother said about it. He has two kids and he said Bluey is my favorite TV show. Not my favorite TV show to watch with my kids. No. My favorite TV <laughs> my favorite show. T- yeah, yeah. Dude, there was a, Have you watched season 2 yet? Yeah, we're we're starting on it. Oh my gosh, have you have you passed episode 9? 
Yes, we kind of see it. My wife and I take turns watching it with our daughter. Oh, so I see, I see. I may or may not have seen an episode if you're referring to it. Uh, it's okay, it's okay. One of them, one of the new episodes, and my wife is not sure which episode it is, but one of the new episodes absolutely killed us. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, I was, like, I, I was a mess after watching it because it was so, like, good and so wholesome and emotionally it made me so vulnerable and yeah yeah it was it was really bad and so uh yeah watch out for that it'll make you cry it'll make you cry bad (laughs) i was gonna say i i have gone a teary night a few times on Mm -hmm. that show Mm -hmm. because it's just so good and it's australian which makes it even better yeah well yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love that they're like they're dogs but then they're like sometimes they're like actually dogs like right. all of a sudden be a dog all of a sudden for a second you're like what my favorite episode in the first season is the asparagus one where he says why do we have manners and he says because we're not animals <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a really clever dialogue yeah yeah because they literally are animals. yeah i, I love <laughs> that show it's just it's just it's everything wholesome you need in your life. Right. My wife actually got me a bandit doll to put on uh-uh. my computer desk oh, that's for amazing. Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's that's so Anyways, great. we probably could spend a whole nother episode on Oh man. Why Bluey is so much better than every well, for kids TV shows, it's way better it's to watch as an adult better. by like a million miles. Ugh. It's it's one of the greatest TV shows ever made. It is <laughs> it is truly a work of art and I love it. Well, and it just feels it it feels so many levels of understanding at the yeah. same time. That's why it's so cool. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like I never I never leave the episode feeling like I was treated like a child, right. but also I I never leave an episode feeling crappy, I don't know, like bad. I always like you want to just go play with some toys for a little bit and you know yeah. eat ice cream or <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just I always experience childhood again. I always have this like uplifted feeling of like I need to be a good person. I need to be a good right. person, and I always <laughs> left with that feeling after watching that show, and I love it. I love it. We could talk about that for a long time, but the reason I bring it up is if any show doesn't need a skip intro button, it's Bluey. Because that dance they do at the beginning, like our little daughter, she's only one. Mm-hmm. She can't even speak. Mm-hmm. But every time that comes up, she starts dancing with them. And it's absolutely adorable. <laughs> I... <laughs> so it's like, why in the world? You know, every kid, even like my nieces and nephews, like they'll do the same thing. They hear the song. They start dancing with them. Like every kid in the world loves that that sound. And they know that Bluey's coming on and they all get excited. So like, why in the world would you skip the intro for that show? <laughs> I couldn't agree more, my friend. The, I there <laughs> one time my wife skipped the intro and I was like, no, don't skip the intro. I want to watch it. It is like, <laughs> it's like enchanting and, and fun and interesting. And it doesn't grind. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I've watched a bunch of it and I, it doesn't like it doesn't grind on my ears yet. And it's just the right length. Yeah. 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 And it's it's just it's just it's delightful. It's, it's just delightful. <laughs> so I agree 100 percent. Get rid of the skip intro button for Bluey. Right. Well, this leads into my solution. OK, this is all I want. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> if if you simply because it's obviously very clear, skipping intros is a pattern, right? We just mm-hmm. talked about this. Mm-hmm. I don't skip intros. You often skip intros, and it's really just based on the show. So yeah. all we need is three simple settings per show. Okay. Just like where you go up and change the captions or something. Just mm-hmm. for each show, you can also select skip the intro always. Skip the intro, but not the first time. Mm-hmm. Or show mm-hmm. intro first time only, right? A, a binge watch. Right. Or don't skip intro. That's all you need. Those three settings should satisfy every logical behavior I can think of. <laughs> I don't know people that skip the intro on the first time they watch, but then on the second <laughs> time they do watch the intro, right? Or sometimes they watch a show and they want to skip the intro, but other times they're watching a show they don't want to skip. No one behaves like that. Right. Why are we making this a button you have to press every single time if you want to do it? Right, right. No, I I would take it one step further. Okay. <laughs> they should know based on your previous behavior which <laughs> setting you wanted right anyway it should be an adaptive system that's what i think it just says we set the default to this for you mm-hmm. you're welcome mm-hmm. exactly exactly <laughs> here's how you can change it if you want to change it you can change it well we're open to ideas but based on the way you watch this show this is what we think right solutions i got solutions <laughs> this is great this is easy i just don't know why it's so hard to incorporate that i agree i agree that would be a really simple way to to solve the problem and then you know what they could even keep leaving the skip intro button on there anyway right as long as the pause button still works without the skip <laughs> intro button and i was kind of being grumpy about it because all you have to do is press like down to get out of the skip intro button to pause but it's just annoying to like mentally process that yeah but that's a hundred percent increase in the number of steps you have to take to pause the show (laughs) that's unacceptable david (laughs) usually you can just press the button right or even just the fourth option of those three options is just i want to do it myself every single time if you're a crazy person Uh mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. somehow wants to skip intros every time based on your random behavior <laughs> you could have a mix it up for me option too we could have four options <laughs> mix it up keep it interesting i'm feeling i'm feeling lucky i'm feeling lucky your i'm feeling lucky intro button <laughs> you oh david that's an even better idea because instead you know how google search it has it has the google it has the search button or the i'm feeling lucky button mm-hmm. what if we just replace you have the skip intro button or you can have the or you, you can change one setting and then it's the I'm feeling lucky button instead of the skip intro button. <laughs> sometimes you press it and it doesn't skip the intro. and Sometimes you press it and it does. That's a great solution for those crazy people who would do that to themselves. <laughs> that are trying to get their kicks and trying to know whether or not they're going to watch the intro today. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyway sorry sorry i i I digress (laughs) yeah i mean usually our solutions are generally over the top 
things that may or may not happen in the next hundred years or so. That's true. Kind of crazy. That's true. But this is one where I'm definitely feel like this is a real solution that could easily be implemented. Yeah. That we can just go to companies and say, uh, why are you not doing this? <laughs> right. We, we as a general populace would be forever grateful if you would do this simple change right, in your right. setup of your system. I just want to feel lucky. Okay. That's all I want, companies. <laughs> it's, you just, just, it's not that hard. <laughs> you can start placing bets with your friends on whether or not the intro is going to get skipped or not. Exactly. Exactly. It turns into <laughs> an eating slash drinking game. Like, it's great. It's great. <laughs> That kind of turns the show a different direction. Every episode of Bluey, you have to press the I'm feeling lucky button. <laughs> <laughs> <It> gets skipped. <laughs> you have to do a truth or dare or something. <laughs> See, that one's easy because if it skips the Bluey intro, the bad thing that happens instead of like, you know, instead of having to play a game or eat a food that's bad or get super drunk, which I guess is something that people do. Um <laughs> Instead of any of those things, really, you just get the disappointment of your child because you skip the intro, man. You get the you get the internal disappointment of like, I don't get to watch the intro. Punishment. That's the worst effect of the bet. I know it would be it would make life interesting. That's what the I'm feeling lucky button is for. I thought you were going to say whatever negative thing that you get challenged to do would be balanced out by the good wholesomeness of Bluey that you're watching while you're doing it yeah no no you may have to have eaten 10 hot dogs and you feel terrible about yourself but at least you get to watch bluey you gotta watch bluey take a hurt bird to the hospital you know to the vet right. <laughs> and you right, feel better right. about humanity <laughs> you know it's actually crazy though because bluey episodes are only 10 minutes long in between those intros and i still don't get bored of it it's still good every time I think it's even eight i think that's oh man it's like no time at all dang but again crazy. it's like the perfect length for every episode <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I i watch it every time i may have skipped it once or twice but i basically watch it <laughs> we need more bluey in the world that's what we need if every intro we could just <gasps> better than i'm feeling lucky <laughs> we just replace every tv intro with bluey's tv intro <laughs> I like that. Like, I could immediately tell what you just thought. And it was just, it's so obvious. It's such an obvious solution. It is. It is the only proper, it's the only intro I'm not bored of. <laughs> Every other intro I've gotten bored of, but that one I have not. And, and so, well, I guess the Loki intro, I haven't seen it enough times to get bored of it. It's kind of long, but it's, it's kind of like kinda it. cool. Yeah. I like the music in it it's very like the style yeah yeah it's very very good we still gotta watch the new wednesday episode anyway that's beside the point <clears throat> on this next episode of true crime see what happens yeah and see then you'd be like you'd be feeling disappointment and then and then like uh you're getting ready to press the skip intro button and all of a sudden it turns into blue who would be sad no one would be sad <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant i might just hack my computer to do that for me yes <laughs> yes it'll, it'll skip the real intro then jump to the bluey episode and play that intro and come back to the show and... <laughs> we could start just putting the bluey intro for intro for anything like instead of having like an opening speaker or <laughs> instead of having opening credits or instead of having advertisements 
Can you imagine if you went into the movie theater and that was just playing while you're waiting for the show to start? It'd be amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> if it was longer, it'd have to be a longer song. Right. I think if I had to listen to it on repeat, I'd get bored. But <laughs> but if it was like a full big song, yeah, man. <laughs> Instead of uh, emergency exits and the theater has its own commercial. like Forget all yeah. that. Yeah. We know where yeah. the emergency exits yeah. are, et cetera. Just play the Bluey theme song so you all can get ready and feel good about being at the movie theater. <laughs> and then you can start the show. Uh, right, yeah. Before pre-flight, it should be... <laughs> It should be the bluey intro. Yeah. Australia should make a bluey pre-flight video that you watch. They should. That, that would is, be amazing. That is a great idea. That would bring happiness to a lot of uh, people flying on planes. That would bring a lot of happiness. <laughs> I know New Zealand's done The Hobbit, so surely Australia can do bluey. So. <laughs> bluey, yeah. Well, it's a it's a worldwide sensation as far as I can tell. Bluey is <laughs> hot. It's the hot thing right now. Like, right. forget whatever Disney is doing. Bluey, well, I guess... Disney owns it now, but... <laughs> this is the way that I'm getting Bluey, so never mind. <laughs> forget whatever other shows they have in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know. It's freaking... It's Bluey everywhere. I can talk to almost anyone about Bluey. And I can recommend it to anyone. Well, the crazy thing is that it's not one of those shows, it's like, it's not advertised. It's not like Loki and all the Marvel stuff that are constantly on news articles online and stuff. Like, right. Everyone just loves it so much that like your friend tells your friend who tells your friend and like, yeah. you know, just seven people down the line, the entire population knows about this show because everyone who sees it just loves it so much. Right, right. I mean, I tell everyone I meet about Bluey. I always ask. I'm like, oh, have you guys seen Bluey yet? Are you guys up to date with the Bluey episodes? And usually they're like, no. I'm like, you should watch it then. Usually we, I sit them down and I, I, I force them to watch it. No, I don't do that. But I would if I could. Really, Bluey is the way we save the world. That's <laughs> More Bluey in the world is the only way we're going to save the world. Australia so. beat us to it. Just... <laughs> They've, darn Aussies <laughs> they've done all the hard work and we didn't even know that's what we wanted they probably listened to the podcast and they were probably like you know what these guys need they need some they need some bluey in their lives <laughs> and then and then that's how it came to be they're like man we can't solve all these other problems because they're too expensive but we can do bluey bluey is a good good solution here we are just discussing and constantly arguing ways to save the world and australia's like nah we'll, we'll solve them all at the same time here you go <laughs> we got it boom <laughs> perfect i i really feel bad for any listener that's listening that has not watched bluey at this point hopefully it's clear that you need to go watch it right now yeah if you have not <laughs> based on how long we said oh we're not going to talk about bluey and then we still kept talking about bluey because that's how much we love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's hard not to talk about because it it's just it's just it's just ugh, just go watch it and then and then you can tell us what you think and you can tell us if we're overhyping it. But I don't know, man. I've never I've <sighs> Aaron's never been known to overhype anything. Never, never. I never overhype anything. <laughs> but the feel comfort because I actually am known to not overhype things. So. That, that's <laughs> So use me as your basis if you're not quite sure. <laughs> and don't skip the intro. Don't skip the intro. It's the best part. It's maybe the best part of the episode. <laughs> Except for that other episode that made me cry a little bit.
have you gone to the point that you like analyze their dance moves? Oh yeah. I've determined Bingo's the best dancer in the group. That kid's why you don't negotiate with terrorists. 